Welcome to the Homebody Podcast. My name is Mary Grace, and here we explore big questions in embodied ways. These conversations intersect the mystical, the practical, and the artful, bridging a range of topics such as astrology, creative practices, what healing can look like, and cultivating deep love and care for the more-than-human world. We not only want to live better, but live more fully, with more connection, courage, and creativity in our day-to-day lives and work. And this podcast asks, what are the ways we can do that? We hope to enliven you and inspire you towards possible regenerative futures, and we hope to encourage you so together we can become dynamic agents of beauty, fully awake, fully alive to all that life has for us. We want to be here for ourselves and for one another with more grace while making room for curiosity, sensitivity, hope, and joy. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a few moments to share it with someone else. And thank you so much for listening. Hello. Many of you know that this summer I took a podcast break and something that wanted to emerge from that time away from this particular content and format was a book proposal. And I worked on one for about six weeks this summer. And I have about three books floating around in my head right now, all very different in their their content and their structure. But the one I made a proposal for is um, for a book divided into sections by archetype. Kind of thinking of it as like a devotional or a book that could live on your altar, something that you could open at any point in the book on any given day and just have some questions to sit with and open you up to the big picture before you get into the hustle and bustle of your day to day life. These archetypes were chosen as like space holders that can help us and hold us through these big questions and epic moments of transformation and courage in the face of uncertainty and climate change, all these things that we we all sit with on a day-to-day basis. And of course, these archetypes, they don't tell anyone what to do, but instead they invite you to live with questions and stories that remind us of how each life is a part of something larger, a story of a world that has also died many times with cycles that repeat or transform, sort of like a song that we keep singing. We see flowers bloom and die. We see oceans rise and fall as, you know, as in the earth, so it is with our own bodies and we die and come back to life many times in each lifetime. So some of these archetypes for hope and courage and connection are the underworld, the lady, the deathbed, the tree, the song, the dance, the transfiguration, and there's more. But for today's episode, I'm going to read you a sample from The Interstellar. Some of these thoughts have been on the podcast before, but I thought with where I am in my personal moment and also where we are seasonally in eclipse season, and also we now have new listeners and It can also just be beneficial to sort of watch someone or listen to someone hammer out and process ideas over time. So I think some of these ideas and invitations might find a seasonality here. As always, I invite you to share the episode if it's something that speaks to you and you think of others while you're listening, like, oh, I think so-and-so would connect with this, or I'm interested in what my friend would think about this. Take five seconds and share the episode with them. It helps the podcast so much. And if you happen to know anyone, if you have a publishing hookup, or you know someone who's a book agent who likes creative nonfiction and isn't trying to be a self-help book, (laughs) then hit me up and send me an email at the email address below and enjoy this tiny sample from the interstellar.
up obsessed with aliens. I don't watch UFO documentaries. I don't go to Alien Con. I've never been to a UFO watchtower, and I have absolutely no idea where the extraterrestrial highway is. However, I do think we are surrounded by a wider intelligence. Wider meaning it consists of more than just humanity. Wider meaning maybe a bubble test doesn't tell us anything about how intelligent something is. Perhaps there is a consciousness of which we are integral, a web that knows how to unfurl seasons, cycles, orbits, black holes, decomposition, big bangs, winter, mycelium. When I think of life that way, it isn't too far of a stretch to conceive of beings who exist in the extended realms of space, who potentially know that we are here, who could want to communicate with us or send us a message. Our definition of intelligence, at least in the country where I live, is so narrow. Anyone who doesn't fit into the square box of SAT, ACT, LSAT, MCAT, multiple choice, machine graded bubbles is considered less intelligent. People who don't speak English are considered less intelligent. People who haven't graduated high school, people from other countries, people who have less money. We also think of things that aren't human as by default less intelligent. Even though chimpanzees make tools, plants communicate, bees make dancing decisions for consensus, dogs can hear beyond our human range, and elephants have better memory than any human. But what if there is so much more to intelligence than what we think we know? And what if there is more than we can see, more than we can measure as intelligent life? Consider, for instance, that your entire body is made up of microorganisms, living beings whom you cannot see. Is it then too much of a stretch that we are surrounded by other beings that we cannot see? Perhaps beings who call home the extended realms of space, whose vessels and vehicles look different from ours, and for whom time is something wholly else. In mystical intuitive circles, I hear talk of speaking with guides, or my ancestors told me, as normal as having a cup of ginger tea on a Tuesday. These two are entities we can't see or wholly understand, and it's funny then how we hesitate to admit into those circles something that is completely other alien, foreign. What began to change my perspective of aliens was the movie Arrival, based on a story by Ted Chiang. In the movie, aliens land simultaneously in different countries around the globe. This narrative asks us to conceive of the extraterrestrial a little differently. Rather than being about the danger of aliens or the threat of invasion or taking back intergalactic turf, Arrival asks us to embrace the possibility of interstellar gifts through the puzzle of language. The story's communication journey then unlocks a new possibility for peace and a more radical experience of time. Who doesn't find themselves so heartbroken by the tragedies happening all over the world you know, the part of me that wants something or someone out there to come and save me really wants those aliens to land and change everything. If they really came, if they really landed, wouldn't our ideas about who we are, where we are, what matters, what we must do, change instantly? What problems would cease to exist simply because we now know would understand the world so differently? As it stands, we have such a limited time to make drastic changes to how humanity exists on the planet. An instant change, even if brought by aliens, sounds nice. But maybe aliens don't have to come. 
what if the extraterrestrials out there don't have to come here? Maybe they don't have to arrive in a spaceship with 18 legs on the White House lawn. What if they're already here? Landed? Occupied? Maybe they're already hovering, listening, watching, communicating, speaking, singing. Just like we have such small boxes for intelligence, maybe we also have a small box for what an alien landing would look like. Maybe we also have two small boxes for what forms of life look like, for what communication sounds like. Our collective listening has become so dulled by endless advertisements and marketing, so dulled that if someone isn't actively trying to sell us something, we don't even understand what they're talking about. Maybe we've lost attention for more subtle communings. So let's say aliens are already here. When would they communicate with us? Why? How would they try to get our attention? Speak, deliver the messages we need to hear at crucial moments as species at the brink. Many songwriters, poets, artists talk about catching ideas. Elizabeth Gilbert shared the idea of the genius as something that visits us. It suggests there's this spirit of ideas or words, a spirit of lines of music floating in the ether. The music is everywhere then, and you just reach out and catch it. You just sit down to write and it visits you. As a performer, I can personally attest that the best performances are those when you feel it come through you. You feel as if you left for a while or that something came to meet you. Something already out there came to dance with you. You feel the the book coming. You hear the notes playing and you place your fingers on the keys and start to play. The artist's job or the job of life's witnesses is just to catch it. Maybe aliens are just the zeitgeist then, the whole spirit of ideas coming through each era, each time and culture and place. Not a trend. Trends are about copying what we already see, but catching the songs is about hearing what you cannot yet see. How does the spaceship land? How does the genius land on your shoulders? Attention? Presence? If the Earth is a giant ship moving through space, who's to say there aren't some things extraterrestrial on this spaceship with us? How is the message knocking on the door? How is the song coming through? In 1977, Carl Sagan and Andrew created the Golden Record Project, which NASA sent out with the Voyager. It was an album with music and greetings in the world's languages, photos of life on Earth. Artist Julia Christensen did something similar, but in her project, Tree of Life, the transmission to space is the songs of trees. Is anyone out there? Can you hear me? If you can hear me, is anybody listening? Isn't that the beginning of so many prayers? Sound reaching out a hand across the vast abyss of space. If they hear it, would they decode it into English? Or maybe language doesn't matter when you're listening to something else entirely. If we stopped listening for words, what would we hear? What if we listened for songs instead, for sounds? What would we hear? Sound, song, vibration, frequencies. What would translate through space across time is far beyond our narrow scope of human language. What is already here? making sounds that you don't understand. How can we listen? 
It might be easier to remember the last time you just felt someone's character revealing themselves to you. Maybe this feeling clashed with what that person said about who they were, or maybe the feeling went beyond what you could have known at the time. The way trees sound rustling just before it rains. The way your dog barks when they have to go outside. What are the things you've learned to listen to and understand beyond language? What else could be there waiting for you to listen? And if it's too loud in there, tell everyone to be quiet. And if they won't be quiet, maybe it's time to leave. My last thought the last time I went to church was, there's too much talking in here. Why is there so much talking? Should we pay more attention to those who can listen into the silence and know that it's not emptiness? What is knowing beyond the words? Reading someone's body language? A gut feeling? What is it we understand some other way, some other means? The dance, the wail, the rain, the chant, the cello. Our bodies change when we sing. Instead of the voice always talking about something, what if the voice is something? Listen behind the dictionary. What if these are special things that can only be communicated without words, beyond words? Is it this communication that the world needs now? All the talking in the world hasn't seemed to change very much. Is this where we find the magic needed to remake the world, which is ourselves, and it will take some magic? How do we become fluent? Like learning any foreign tongue or feeling, it starts with listening, listening to the other who is alien. We must learn to live again in the frequency in the center of many truths and iterations of life, time, happening, overlapping, all at once. How could we possibly expect to thrive in a place we no longer listen to? If I were extraterrestrial intelligence, and maybe I am, what would I want to listen to? What would I need to hear to believe in the heartbeat of this planet? What would I need on the record? What would I want to hear to make me respond? Would it be what can only be whispered? What can only be shared through silence, through the wind, the gaps in poems, the shapes of colors, the dances? One of my favorite parts of Arrival, who do they send as an ambassador from Earth to meet the aliens when they landed? They don't send the scientists who wants to learn about. They don't send the generals, the warriors, the politicians— they send the linguist, the student of sound, listening, and translation. In fact, in the story, the politicians, the generals, were actively the problem because they were unable to hear anything beyond their current paradigm, anything different from their projections of dominance and competition. They called for war when what was called for was listening, patience, visitation, revelation, listen. They come in peace. Is it we who make war against the world who comes in peace? If we were led by listeners, we would already know what is needed is not more war, the raising of voices or empty promises. If we would raise our listening instead of our voices, we would already know that. Because what if the extraterrestrial isn't coming? What if they're already here? What if humanity is not a matter of state, but a matter of the stellar? What if the way that you listen to the ineffable could transform? How do we translate the unutterable into our futures? Silence. The singing is happening. These are the waves speaking below the din. 
to hear messages for paths that could help us unlock the mass extinction moment that we're in to breathe peace back into our veins. Maybe we got lost somewhere when we stopped listening and thought our talking would save a world. I don't know about you, but I want to be the necessary poet who gets to enter the spaceship and receive the revelation. I want to hear the messages that they are teaching us about life, about who we are, and how we could continue more beautifully, more humanly. This brink moment that we are in is part of the story when the interstellar ship makes a landing. It's when the angels show up and say, Hark, do not be afraid. It's these kinds of moments. It's this moment when the aliens land and say, We come in peace. Oh yes, that wider intelligence we are surrounded by, those whales singing all the time, telling us how it wants to save itself, and we are it. The world is singing all around us all the time. We are listening. They're already here, and they can be we. The numbers for continued human life on planet Earth over the next 50 to 60 years are not currently looking great. The answer is not more chemicals, more public debates, more genetic modifications, more artificial injections. The answer is not better pesticides or sucking carbon out of the air. They don't have to land. The answers are already here. The answers are much simpler than that, and we should not refuse. The answer is simply aligning with the song of life that is already happening all around us. That's it. That is all. It's not enough to resist. It's not enough to speak. We must also create. We must also listen. Listen to what may have become alien. Listen to what may have become invisible. Start hearing them. Start seeing them. You can't make a song if you can't hear it. How then do we expect to sing the song of life with our lives if we can't make space to listen? All of your movements have an effect. All of your sounds, your singing makes a change. All of your listening receives something. So act like you're a mage, a wizard, an alchemist with the power to transform lead into gold. Too far out there? Too much? We are on a pale blue dot floating through space. We are on a spaceship right now. A fleck of dust in a sunbeam, as Carl Sagan said. It's not too out there. We're already there because we are already here. So what is the sound you are sending? What is the personal golden record of your life transmitted into space at each moment? What are the waves you catch, the waves that you make? What are you listening for and who are you listening to? Whatever you do, do it with magic, where our listening collides with creativity. Treat your life as the listening art, as the magic of something that is truly stellar or interstellar, dancing between the stars, for you are, we are, circling and circling. So often we act like our lives don't matter. We behave as if the world suffers no loss when we are distracted, suffering, lost, but it does matter. You do. It's not our government buildings that will survive falls of empires or the journey of light years into space. It's our songs. It's not our resumes or our 401ks, but it just might be our gardens, our biomes, the fingerprints of how we loved. It just might be our magic, which is our listening, the response to our listening, to the answers all around us, showing us how life can be if we choose it. Maybe humans got lost when we thought it was our planet. 
that it's actually not. We are alien and new. Maybe it's time we've remembered to speak like those who were here before us, listen like them, and listen to them because they have a message, a song. And if you don't remember how, then immerse yourself in that which is wild. Key wants to teach you. They are singing, sounding to you all the time. Stand naked outside, howl into the darkness of outer space, and listen for the silence that is not empty, that comes back to you, comes back for you. Because we are the ones we've been waiting for. They are already here. And we come in peace. Thank you for participating in this conversation with us. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a few moments to subscribe to the show, leave us a review, and share the episode. These tiny tasks help our independent podcast so much. Be sure to also check out the links below to learn more about any free resources, guests, or things we talked about today. Our intro and outro music was created by artists Aaron Palovic and Jared Kelly. Our podcast logo was created by Elaine Stevenson, and this show is produced by Softer Sound Studio. Thank you for being here. Be well. Peace.